G'day guys, are you missing out on your favourite show because it's not available in your region? Or are you trying to keep your private time? Let's say private. Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. Now, we all love to binge or maybe even barbecue alone, but your privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you don't have to worry about your IP or location getting out. A huge thing for me is the region-locked content feature, and NordVPN is a game-changer. So a little story. When I went over to America last year, I activated a library of extra shows and movies on the streaming platforms when I logged in over there. I started watching this high school football show called All American. Highly recommend it and smashed three seasons of it. But when I arrived back, guess what? It disappeared. But this was an easy fix. I used my NordVPN to switch my IP address, and from there, all the access was back, baby, and I never missed an episode and smashed out the remaining two seasons. So go ahead, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash talkingleague. You're going to get a huge discount off the NordVPN plan. Plus, guess what? They're throwing in a four extra months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So head over to nordvpn.com slash talkingleague, get protected, and get all that extra viewing today. You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Top King League. Hello everyone and welcome back to Talking League, your weekly NRL fantasy podcast. We're proudly brought to you by Game Day Squad. Create, coach, compete in fantasy footy. Be the coach and win. Download the app and play now. And of course, we're also brought to you by James, Australia's first AI investing app for shares and ETFs. Learn more at jamesapp.com. Welcome to the live Q&A for round 24. Uh, my name's Jason. I'll be your host. I'm joined by Jake and Rich and I'll get them involved now. Starting with you, Rich. Looking pretty good for the Warriors this week. Are they going to keep the... Uh, the power going in Waikato, or are the Tigers going to upset them? I think it should be just smooth sailing. Although I sort of think when you're playing these bottom of the table teams, that they tend to go hard for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And if you just hold on, then you sort of power home, which is sort of the Warriors MO this season anyway. So uh, yeah, you just don't want them a couple of balls to stick and next thing you're down 18 nil at half time or something crazy. So um, yeah, loss this, at this time of year would be pretty bad. But, um, yeah, you also do want some tight games. So, yeah, it's a bit of a, a delicate balance, really, isn't it? Sure is. And I think the Titans game was actually a blessing in disguise with what happened there. But moving to a team that doesn't have to worry about losing this week, the Cowboys. Now, Jake, what are you actually going to do with yourself on the weekend? <laughs> the Cowboys aren't playing. Um, what, what's the plans? Uh, actually looking forward to it because we're going to get another two points. Uh, the last two weeks haven't <laughs> been great. Uh, so hopefully the boys can just uh, refresh up and we need we need we definitely need a few more wins for them this season. So hopefully I'll, I'll be watching my fantasy team, hoping I've got a few head-to-head um, finals starting. Got knocked out last week, unfortunately. Um, I thought I was on track. I was having a great week. And then unfortunately my head-to-head is ranked 7,000, scored a 12 25 on me so knocked out of that cash league in the prelim so that, that was unfortunate <laughs> yeah that is 
pretty rough. And before we get into your questions, of course, fire them through in the comments. We'll get through as many as we can over the next hour or so. We'll go through a bit of a vibe check, and I'll start with you, Rich, obviously being the best ranked here overall. Uh, you're out of trades, but uh, any VC or any other sort of tricky strategies we're looking at this week? No, I actually kept in Hines last week. I had a important head-to-head uh, -head match I was trying to win, and I thought I was the underdog, so I took a risk and went Hines. Didn't hurt too much, cost you nine points or something once you do the points difference. So it wasn't too bad, and it turned out I didn't need it because he had Mo Fodawaker. So uh, <laughs> I got the win regardless, so that was pretty good. And I only had 16 players, scored seven. Uh, no, I'm ranked 733, so lost 95 ranks with a score of 1,079 with only 16 players. So I'm back to full strength this week. Well, I'm back to having 17 players at least, not full strength, because I've got a few on buys and the uh, Bellin's still having a rest. That he is. And, and what about you, Jake? Obviously, some of those head-to-heads are still happening. But uh, any any jump in the overall ranks last week? No, I got a 1060 score, so not too bad, but dropped about 300 ranks, unfortunately. So not the best, but do have some head to head finals coming up this week. So um, no trades at this stage, actually. So uh, I currently have Robson sitting in my 13, but my only cover is Sonny Luke sitting down there in 21. <laughs> so I'm hoping for a miracle tonight. He gets a few more minutes, gets a 50, and I don't have to trade. But um, if that doesn't happen, I might have to trade Robson to maybe a JMK or a Randall or someone like that. So what would your threshold be for Sunny League score to keep it? Uh, probably have to have a look at my head-to-head -head team, see how their players go tonight. But I reckon, I reckon a 40 from Sunny Luke. If he can get that, I'll probably keep him. There you go. So 39, Sunny. You're not going to make the yeah. uh, final 17 this week, uh, but 40, you're good to yeah. go. So... It'll be a 35 or something, something really annoying. Uh, that's yeah. what it'll work out to be, I reckon. Yeah, with that, though, like, you know, I mean, probably don't need my opinion. I'm not really a head-to-head -head player. But 35, I'd probably just take that because we saw it in Mo Fodawaker. Play can get a HIA and get a one or suspended or something like that. Um, yeah, 35 is probably not horrible. Not but I remember the start of the season, someone gets a 35, you're like, oh, they're terrible. You've got to trade them, and upgrade <laughs> them right now uh, instead of copying them. So looking at my team last week, we actually did okay. 1,134 total score. Uh, now, to put it in context for people, I noticed it on the socials and in the podcasting community and even uh, some of the forums that people were going on about scoring really well last week but not getting a massive rank increase. So as I said, 1134 was my score. My round rank was 4,127. So it just goes to show how massive the scores were last week. And they probably will continue to do well. SJ Hines and Cleary, and you know, with most coaches captaining one of those, the big scores are going to continue to happen. So you're going to need to keep those up to keep the pace. Uh, rank went from 954 to 880, so 74 up. That's uh, always love to see a green arrow. But unfortunately, really sad news. Uh, it wasn't Seb Chris, I don't know him, but Zach Lomax, uh, he hurt his shoulder. Now, we haven't got any reports yet as to what the uh, severity of the injury is, but I think it's pretty bad because he's been carrying my fantasy team for the last 12 rounds with that. And unfortunately, he's got to go this week because Scott Drinkwater's on the bye. So... Fortunately, Zach Lomax is the most expensive centre in the game, so I can literally bring in anyone as a replacement. But I've gone for the guy who was one of my revelations last year. And when you say his name, it kind of sounds like a motorcycle changing through the gears, and that's Ruben Garrick. 61k cheaper than Zach Lomax, and he's coming in. So it means I've got three manly players in my squad, which for a South Sydney supporter, I feel like that's uh, that's probably some form of crime that I'll get set to the Hague for. But... We'll bring him in. We'll have 90k in the bank, two trades left, and uh, fingers crossed we get some good scores this week. 
where's that rank on your top ever trade-ins, Robbo? Because I thought thought you, I reckon you would have been the only one to trade Lomax in that round, and he's been absolutely unreal since then. What's what's the average since you've traded him in? Fifty point eight, and he's gone up two hundred twenty-one k and played ten of the last twelve rounds. So um, I think I've mentioned the story before. It was literally a last-minute decision with not too much research to it. So. Go back to round 12. Dragons are playing the Roosters at the 6 o'clock game on the Friday. I had Tedesco to Jack Bird locked in, and obviously that trade age would have aged really poorly because Tedesco scored at 85 that week. But yeah, needed a player who was going to, a centre that was going to play around 13, and ideally 14 as well because already had a few power Newcastle players in the mix. Uh, so he was the guy who was coming back in playing right centre, and it's just, yeah, more fluke than anything, really. Uh, but it goes to show that just a bit of luck can really change your season. You know, as we mentioned before, so, Dylan Edwards at that that time of the year was seven hundred and thirty k. Zach Lomax was five hundred one k. Their prices are basically flipped now. <laughs> like that's yep. just sometimes how the cookie crumbles. But speaking of the cookie crumbles, fortunes in and around you know NRL fantasy and where we see the direction of the game going. We'll jump into this before we get into some questions. So TK chucked up a post uh, yesterday asking the punters what they wanted to see in terms of improvements to NRL fantasy going forward. Now, lots of really good suggestions, and if you've got some, feel free to jump on the post and uh, add your two cents, because uh, the more opinions, the better. But I thought before we get into the questions, we might sort of touch on a few of those. Now, Jake, you mentioned the Eliminator. Did you want to expand on that, and as well, any other ideas that you'd like to see to improve fantasy for 2024 and beyond? Yeah, so for anyone who didn't, didn't know what the Eliminator was, um, pretty much, I think it was about 64,000, the first, uh, if you're ranked in the top 64,000 after about 11 rounds, 12 rounds, they'll chuck you into a big um, knockout competition. So first would play last, uh, second would play second last, and so forth. Um, and that competition will be a knockout head-to-head weekly until the last round of the season, where there will only be two people left. And the winner would, I can't remember what the prize was, but the winner would get a uh, bit of prize money from NRL Fantasy. So I'd love to see that again come back. I know the Renegades ran one a few years ago, um, an in-house one, and I think their Fantasy Fanatics also ran one um, on their page as well. So they've, that we've, there's been a few fan-made competitions like that recently, but um, I'd love to see it back by uh, NRL, uh, NRL Fantasy themselves. Yep, fair enough. And did you have any other, like maybe even uh, some of the suggestions that you saw that were Yeah, good? some of the... I remember... Uh, I think Fantasy used to have it, but I'm not sure if it was the FanHub version or the Dream Team version. They they had a, a rank tra- uh, tracking as well. So your previous ranks, your, tri- uh, your previous head-to-head finals, um, your results and those from previous years. So I reckon that would be pretty cool to bring back so you can have a bit of a reflect on what you did, you know, five, six, seven years ago. I reckon that would be pretty cool as well. Yeah, and it, it creates better evidence too because you know, I know you, create a, you have a spreadsheet with your list and I've got a notepad. I think Richard's got one as well with your ranks from the previous years. It, it's better quality evidence than having them yeah. written down because people go, oh, you just made those up. Yeah. But Rich, in Absolutely. terms of uh, suggestions for fantasy going forward, have you got any um, that we didn't see in the comments section? Oh, you probably saw them in the comments section, but um, I'm a fan of having a vice captain as 1.5. Just It is a little super cozy, but... Um, it just means you might get a bit more variety, especially if you've got a Heinz or a Cleary out. It opens up for a bit of variety and gets a bit of spice in there. My other one that I'd like to see, and this is more a takeoff of uh, NFL fantasy, and that's where you can have dynasty leagues so that if you're in a league, uh, especially in drafts, you can say, right, you get to keep four players for next season and they're locked into your team. You only have to draft the rest of the players. Um, sort of inspires you to pick players that you feel are going to be future uh, stars. 
Um, so little things like that. But I think I haven't actually talked to anyone, but I think we could probably break some news that we'll run an eliminator next year, talking league. There might be a few requirements, but um, I think I, I'm happy to organise that and to run that. So, um, yeah, depends how many people there are. So it could be a lot of legends. <laughs> Obviously, things like you'd have to be in the talking league, uh, league, and you'd have to have TL or something in your name so I can track you easy enough. So, yeah, look look out for that next year. We might get that going. Great idea. Yeah, probably be a smaller version though. I remember in Renegades, yeah. I think we did two fifty six, and yeah, there was just like there was a way the league was set up so that that way you could start the initial spreadsheet with you know all the seedings like the big brackets, and then just work the way through. And yeah, someone won I think about a thousand dollars from memory. But it's interesting with the 1.5, because that was one that I found interesting. Because I remember when they used to have sort of the game day style origin fantasy, you got three times for your captain and two times for your vice, which I thought were good on those. The only issue with 1.5 is, say, Nathan Clear, say he was your vice last week, he scores 91. Do you get 136.5, or do they round up? Do they round down? Swedish Swedish rounding system. Just round up. Yeah, because... I, yeah, I, I don't know. I find that one interesting because I guess the vice captain is just there just in case your captains are laid out. Um, so then if your captain or your vice captains are laid out, you're going to be further behind the pack, which extra jeopardy. I have no issue with that. Uh, but yeah, it would be interesting to uh, to see what we come up with. Uh, yeah, The other one that I think that I saw that I really liked was sort of the update trade function. Now, let's just say hypothetically, we look at this round. Mitch, Say you had Mitch Kenny in your team for some reason. You ended up with him in your team. And the only reason I'm using him is he plays in the first game. And you know he's out, you want to trade him, but you want to get Jacob Krasian, who plays the last game of the round, right? Now, let's just say you make that trade this you know, on this night, because you have to, because, you know, Kenny locks out. And then we find out the 24-hour cutoff on Saturday that, you know, Jacob Kras has missed the bus or something like that and is not going to play this week. You can't reverse that trade. You can't alter that trade or not. But if you had an update trade function, you could actually change the play that you trade in for Mitch Kenny, you still have to trade him out and you still lose the trade, but you can actually trade him into a productive asset for you this week. I'd like to see them do that. I guess the system functionality isn't there for that, but if they did that, I think that would be a nice update because like with Cleary a couple of weeks ago, Rich, imagine if you could just, you know, update that trade, bring in another play that you're going to bring in otherwise and then bring in Cleary the next week. Yeah, I like it. I think um I don't play uh, NRL Supercoach, but definitely in BBL Supercoach they they have that functionality, so I'm sure they could steal a few ideas from them as well. Yeah, I just I'd like to see that one because I think it's a sensible one, and you know because some of the other suggestions like I refer to them as it's probably harsh to refer to them as gutter guard solutions, but for HIA and early injury replacements, I'm not something I'm not really a fan of because the whole jeopardy in the game and the unpredictability is why we play fantasy. It's what makes it fun, like. I've had three captains get, you know, uh, absolutely capitulated in the first 20 minutes of games. Ruined my round, but they're the memories that I hold on to the most because they're the funniest. You know, Cleary this year, round 14, you know, I was going to be on the chart in the, in the overall ranks and went backwards. Andrew Vafita in the first magic round did his hamstring in the first 11 minutes. And then the best one was Sean Benson in about 2012. Traded him after he scored about a 70 in the first round. Second tackle of the game. Ends up... He- um, ends up uh, Copping a knee to the head, concussion, misses tackle, neg one, bang. Um, you know, I'll always remember that. And I just feel like if you take those sort of things out of the game, it'll make it a little bit too safe. And basically, if you don't start well off the first, say, one or two, three weeks, your season's done because everyone's going to be able to use these safeguards to stay in front of you. Definitely agree there. 
So, uh, yeah, but any any thoughts, chuck them in in the comments or uh, on the comments on that post because uh, yeah, there's some really good ideas there that hopefully uh, NRL Fantasy can have a look at. But uh, we're on to the questions now. Kieran Patoli, regular participant in the Q&A, has got one for us here, and he wants to know who's the better player out of Isaiah Popoli or Max King. He's looping one of these with cheese. Now, Rich, because it's cheese, I'm going to go to you here. Out of these two, would you go with Max King or would you go with uh, Papali in the revenge game against the Warriors? Yeah, Papali, ex-Warrior, playing in New Zealand. You've got to think, if but that doesn't fire him up, what will? Uh, Max King, they're starting uh, Sutton. Is it Sutton back or the big Pom? He's back as well. Uh, Thompson, so Thompson should Thompson's be back, yes. Back. Luke Thompson's back, so... Starting to eat away at Max King's minutes. So for me, it's Papali'i. Um, yeah. So obviously, for me, I would safely play Papali'i and then loop between Max King and Cheese. Yep, I'd definitely do that. Uh, as Brendan Smith is playing against the Dolphins, and I remember if people can remember from round one, uh, Felice Kafusi got him a good a couple of times, and I, could, I, I can see that happening again. So uh, yeah, maybe loop Isaiah. Play Isaiah and then loop between uh, Max and uh, Brandon Smith, or the cheese as he's uh, known. Chris Rutter with the next question. I'll come to you, Jake. Uh, he's got two trades left, and he wants to know, does he go Isaiah Papali to David Fafida, or does he hold? Yeah, this is the tricky time of the season as a Robo, where you've got two trades left. Um, you can roll the dice and do that upgrade. So say you think Papali is going to average, what, 45 to 50 maybe uh, for the rest of the season, and Fafida is going to average say 60 you're going to bank those extra what 10 to 15 points per round but if you get more than two injuries then those uh points quickly go away so definitely one uh for the risk takers i think if you're if you're in a head-to-head knockout final i think you have to pull the trigger for feed is like just that really good um x-factor sort of option for your team who can go massive and just win your head-to-head final so if you're in a head if you're in a knockout i'll definitely be doing it but if you if you if you're going for overall and you're um, probably if you don't really need the the extra points this week, I'd probably just hold off and hopefully those two trades can be useful down the track when injuries and the Eels buyers and the Rabbitohs buyers hit. Absolutely. I think the mid position is going to be chaos the last three rounds with you know, Hopgood, Maddo, Murray and Harsel having buyers. And on Pat Carrigan too, he's been on fire. Come to you, Rich, for this question from Alex Pugh. And he wants to know what the best trade option is to trade at your man, Seb Chris. He's got 500k. He's already got uh, Edwards and Lemuel, so they can't be options. It's his last trade. Is it Brandon Smith at 503k, or are we going to assume Alex needs an outside back? Uh, I'd assume he's going to need an outside back. Um, He may be sweating on the team list news because he may have bigger problems coming up, but watch the space. But... um, at 504, there's not many. I would perhaps look at Suali because he they're going to carve up this week. I think old Dolphins could get absolutely flogged and he'll be doing a lot of goal kicking, might score a meat pie or two. So at least for this week, he should go pretty good and he's got the dual position as well, which is handy. Yeah, absolutely. On the wing, I think Suali is a great option. Jaden Campbell at 494k, would you be willing to take that risk given it's only four weeks and you only need probably like two or three really good scores out of him? I'd like to know what's going on with Brimson. He's got sore ribs, but surely he's back within the next couple of weeks. And there hasn't been any confirmation whether Brimson, like I've heard that next season, they might try and train him to play centre. But I can't see them 
Foran's not getting shifted. Boyd's not getting shifted. Well, not at the start of the game. Um, yeah, so I'd hate to have Campbell come in and then have him benched when you need him in the last two weeks or something. Yeah, that's fair. He does have a bit of an explosive nature about him, though, so I don't mind him as a risk. Yes, high ceiling. Was, sure, was yeah. Brimson named at centre last the week that he was a late exclusion uh, in the warm up? Was he actually named at centre in the in the final cutoff in that game? I don't think so. I thought he was don't listed think so. at fullback. Yeah, at yeah, fullback. I th- yeah. think he was at. Jaden Campbell didn't play in the one. That's all I can say. He played yeah. in fourteen. Yeah, yes. I just can't remember if there was a late switch around um, an hour before. Yes, that'll... Have to, have to dig back and have a look. Yeah, just having a look here. The late mail hasn't yet come in. Actually, wait, no, it has. Let's have a look here. So, we've down to 18 players for both Manly and the Penrith Panthers. So, looking at the Manly side, as Blocker Roach refers to them, they are 1-17, to 17, Jake Arthur, number 18, the 18th man. Little bit of a mix here for Panthers. Dylan Edwards is good to go. Just oh, great. Shooting with the dud mail. <laughs> yes. Jack Cogger, as as alluded to earlier, he'll be playing 5'8 in jersey number 18. Luke Summerton gets the start at hooker in jersey number 26. We're playing Super League over here. Lindsay Smith gets the start, so he's doing that little switcheroo with Liotta. So Sonny Luke and Liotta are on the bench. And Liam Henry is the 18th man in jersey number 22. So... Just a keyword for all the Dylan Edwards owners that had any concerns. He is good to go. All right, let's roll into a question here from Matthew David. He wants to know, last trade, Hopgood to clear. He leaves him with Hazleton and Totola as mid-cover. Schuster for edge cover. Jake, what say you? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how many trades Matthew has left. But, um, like, if... I think there's more information, a little bit lower. He's... Doesn't say how many trades he's got, but he's already got Hines, DCE, and Munster, and Boyd. Doesn't Ooh. lack in um, a half. Plus, he's got yeah. Schuster who could play there too. So, technically, he this would make his sixth half Ooh. with his last trade. With his last trade. I, oh, I just, yeah. What? So, Hopgood declare he's probably going to get Bank you maybe, say, 10 to, 20, 10 to 15 points a week. Um, and you already got those good captaincy options in SJ and Hines, so the captain, the extra captaincy is probably not going to help your week in, week out. So I think with one trade left, I think that's going to be more valuable um, to cover an injury in the next few weeks, personally. Um, but as I said, if it's a knockout head-to-head final and you're on the down uh, and you don't think you're going to beat your opponent, you might have to pull the trigger um, if you're desperate. But personally, I probably wouldn't do it myself. Yeah, I did that two trade that trade two weeks ago, and it didn't age well after the first week. And oh, it's it's okay now. He got what sixty eight or something, which you know Horsburgh and Tarpanay did the same as. But yeah, like you said, Jake, with Hopgood, if you've got two trades or less, do you just hold him to around twenty seven? And if you luck out still having a trade in round twenty seven, you use the trade then. I think so too because he's still a green dot, so he's only going to miss one game. But if you get a, a, a red dot next week, if one of your guns go down, that's going to be a red dot for three weeks. So Hopgood at the moment is only out for one week. Um, in a week or two, you could have a lot worse situation in your team where people are out for multiple weeks. So I think I like using those remaining trades on definite red dots for me. For sure. And throwing it up just around Jermaine Hopgood in terms of the mids, as we know, we've got South Sydney on a bye in round 26, Broncos on a bye in round 25. 
seen a lot of like, it's come in the DMs. And you might have seen the same on Instagram, Rich. We're around Tohu Harris being traded in as well. The same as Hopgood. Is it worth holding on to these plays? Because let's just say you have maybe four or five mids, including one of Murray or Haas. Like, all you need is someone to fail a HIA this week or cop a one-week suspension or get a small injury, and then you're playing with two mids with no with no mids. Like, surely you keep those guys if you don't have much mid-depth? Yeah, I don't, I don't see a lot of profit in trading them out unless you're upgrading them and maybe going from a Harris thing is Harris has no more buys so it's hard but maybe if you wanted to go up to a Haas that you didn't have so you're sort of replacing like for like so you've still got the cover but yeah I just worry that you get to the last round hop goods out you get another HIO and you're playing with 15 in the last round when one trade means you pick up those 60 points that you might have made in upgrades so for sure. I'll come to you for this next one here from Matthew Pittman. Uh, so, unfortunately, he's looking to burn his last trade to get a senior wing fullback as Aitken, Chris, and Drinkwater are all out. He can go Aitken to Lemuelu. He could go to Edwards, or he could go to Campbell. Potentially, he could also go Chris Suali'i, Stafford Toa, Renato Mulatalo, or Jordan Rapana. What do we reckon? He has Latrell, Ponga, Avrilo, and Manu in the backs. So, he does need to pick up one of these options. Yeah. Um, he hasn't mentioned Karaz, and full disclosure, I'm a Karaz owner, Karaz lover, love a good Karaz, and he has been killing it. His last four average is 52, and playing at centre is going really good, uh, but if you don't have enough money, the other one that could be real left, left field, nobody owns in the top 1,000, and like point zero. One four of the top 5,000. Coming off of 53 last week, Jordan Rapana, who is now playing fullback, will have it till the season's end. Um, and he is a real greedy belly at the back. And I just think um, if you need a cheapie, someone else wanted a cheapie before. He's 464K. So, uh, yeah. He loves playing fullback. He's active, and his 50-odd that he got, 53 last week he got, was with no tries. So, yeah, either Karaz or Rapana. Rapana has great initials too, just uh, just quietly. But no, one of my good mates, Geordie's actually bringing Rapana this week. He's he's actually a good coach. So, I yeah, Rapana is a, is a terrific shape. I didn't even think of him until you mentioned him. I did him get him in draft, though. So, yeah. <laughs> got to double down. Doing the old Eddie Burden rule, you know, talk up your draft plays. That's how they score better. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened with my draft plays recently, but uh, we, we might touch on that a bit later. Brenton Vickery uh, has got a question. I don't know why he wants to hear from us, but uh, I'm sure we can entertain it. He wants to know, who would you use? Uh, so he's got Drinkwater in the loop position, obviously, because he's on the buy this week. Potentially moving Garrick to Kotrick. Or Tanner Boy to Isaiah Papali'i. Now, Jake, what? can you decipher this for me? Because I feel like I'm missing something from this equation. Like, he's looking to make a trade and then use Drinkwater just to loop? Or, or is he just looping Garrick and Kotrick? Or can he loop? So he can, has the option to loop one of Garrick and Kotrick or loop one of Tanner and Ipat? So I'm guessing probably, he won't. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense okay. because he could use the starting slot loop for Garrick and Kotrick and then yeah. Tanner and Boyd, he just use the bench, yeah. Yeah, so I don't mind uh, playing Garrick just outright. Um, I don't think Kotrick, like we saw last week, he's 
He's nowhere near what he used to be, Kotrick. He doesn't break as many tackles as what he used to. The Raiders don't score that many points compared to what they used So, So he's, he's pretty much his overall points have just gone down. So I think he's got a lower floor and a lower ceiling to what he used to be. So I think Garrick's pretty much a safe play, and I'd be looping the Tanner Boyd and IPAP. We've seen Tanner Boyd can have a really absolute shocker when the Titans are going bad, but he can also pump out a 50 or a 60. And same with IPAP this year. Like His floor's a lot lower than last season and um, still has that ceiling game in him, but... I think those Tanner and IPAP you know, scores fluctuate a lot more. So play Garrick and loop Tanner and IPAP for me. Lock it in, Eddie, or lock it in, Brenton. Matt Clay's got our next question. I'll come to you for this one, Rich. He goes, hey, team, got three trades left, and he has Shans at Nickel Clockstar and Alexander Brimson. They're both injured. He's looking at doing CNK to AFB. Thoughts if she should hold CNK over Brimo. Who would you hold out of these two, Rich? I think you might be on mute. Might be on mute. Can't hear. Rich. Sorry, I was coughing before. Um, <laughs> technically, um, CNK should be back next week. However, there hasn't been much word out of the Warriors, which is slightly concerning. I haven't heard them say he's good to go next week. Um, and Brimho's got a rib injury, which is also concerning. Uh, yeah, I don't think it matters. Whichever one you can get the most cash to. I suspect he must be a Warriors fan because I don't know if AFB is your best option and you must be running a little bit light in wing fullbacks, I would have thought. But um, AFB will probably score well for the rest of the season. Um, playing those softer teams, he might even get a try, which will just boost him up to like the mid-60s. I'm going to guess with AFB, not knowing Matt's team, it's probably just he's looking at the best available mids for his budget and ones that don't have a buy. So can Murray be out of the equation? Because I think him and AFB are about the same price. And then obviously Haas is more expensive. And then you've got uh, the Meadows and Hopgoods and that. So I guess that's probably what it is. Like he, you know, Besides, if you, if you don't trust Ricky Stewart with Corey Hawes or Joseph Tarpany, AFB is probably the best sort of mid-700s mid option for the last four rounds, wouldn't he? I'd probably send it if I was Matt, and I'd trade them both and say, right, you're both gone, and I'd go Rapana and then upgrade to the best player you can with the leftover money because then you're starting, you might even squeeze out a Murray or a, um, one of those low-end $700,000 players. So, And if you can pick up 100, 110 points out of those two pickups, I think you're, um, you're winning, and it alleviates a lot of stress. Plus, less stress for you because it'll be another coach that's closer to zero trades and joining you probably next week after he loses another player. <laughs> no, no trade gang, baby. Yeah, down to two. I, I can see it happening. Two more pods going down next week and I'll be down to zero with you, Rich. So I don't think we're too far away from that. Simon Foley with our next question. He's also got three trades left. Oh, just picking these guys out that have also got three trades left like me. What a coincidence. Uh, although he's trying to hold down top 200. I'm certainly not doing that this year. He's got 10K in the bank. He needs a centre winger fullback because Chris went down last week. Moment silence. Thinking of training Masu Ali, we'll only need to play him this week due to drink water being out. Rich, I think we sort of touched on this before. That's not the worst option if you don't like a Rappana or Campbell, right? Yeah, it's it's a pretty safe play. And I think he says he only needs him to play this week. And I actually think he will score well. So he'll get what he needs out of him and then just bench him and break in case of uh, he needs him. Terrific. Michael Tapaki with the next question. He needs enough. 
and he's looking at Burbo or Sunny Luke or potentially Mulhazen, who I believe is the Dragons backup hooker. Jake, where are we looking for a cheapie this week? Uh, we haven't had any much word on how long Mitch Kenny is out, is he? It's pretty much just a resting, isn't it, for this week? Mm. Yeah, so first I'll probably take a punt on Burbo. So Sonny Luke, even like he's off the bench tonight, I'm not sure how many minutes this rookie's going to get. He's pretty much been just flown into the squad, so was in the top 30. Uh, so he'll definitely once, um, I'm guessing once... Uh, What's his name? Kenny's back. He's going to be nowhere near the side. So I think Sonny Luke's going to just keep playing that bench role. So I'd personally just take the uh, punt on Burbo. He's a good player, Burbo. He's just been pretty much riddled with injuries. And I think he's probably just got a little bit better fitness as well um, than Kelma Tuolangi. He can sort of... Kelma can sort of just fall in and out of game. So I don't mind Kelma going back to the bench as a bit more of an impact player and Burbo playing a little bit longer minutes. So I can just take the punt on Burbo. He's dual position as well. So... Give him a crack. There's nothing to lose. No buyers left, so go for him. Beautiful. I'll come back to you with the with the ball down the short side here. Speaking of Manly, Tristan Willow. Good evening, lads. Teddy or Marju would love Latrell, but 2K short, and I'll quote him. He says, go Manly. I'm certainly not saying that. What do you reckon, Jake? I've, I've been on the Marzu train all year. Well, ever since the, uh, the first week was good, and, and then the second week where he missed the bus, I wasn't uh, very happy, but... <laughs> Um, he only scored a 30 last week with a try, but he's just getting tries for fun, and the Knights don't have that bad of a draw, um, and they're gonna, I think the Knights are going to stay in the top eight. So uh, Ponga's going to keep feeding him ball. Uh, he's going to keep making tackle breaks, Marzu. He's just really ran his, out his game this year, and I've really enjoyed owning him. So I'd be going Marzu. Uh, sounds pretty crazy to ever say that Marzu would be a better fantasy player than Teddy, but um, look look where we are in 2023. Crazy things happen, eh? <laughs> yeah. There you go, Tristan. Take Marzu over the German. Oh, I've got to explain that. So, in Italian, Tedesco literally means the German. So, if you refer to the German, referring to James Tedesco, just in case we've got anyone that doesn't like these little nicknames that we uh, supposedly have for all the players out there. Dylan Edwards is the topic of the next question from Paul Chapman. Uh, now, what to do with him? Hang on to him for one more week. Rich, what would we do here? He looks like he's playing busted. He could get a rest soon. You know, if you've got you know, at least one or two trades, he might need to go, or do you spell him? Yeah, I spell him. I think he's had two scores over 50 in his last nine games, and he's had two scores under 20 in nine games. So, uh, yeah, I would get rid of him. Uh, There was a rumour he may be rested tonight, and so it perhaps has been mentioned he will get rested by season's end. So get off while you can still get someone good. So... Uh, we've mentioned two players that I think for the same money are going to outscore Edwards for the back end of the season, and that's the Shiraz and Rapana. There you go, Paul. Time to step off. Uh, got some feedback for you, Rich. Uh, so we'll start with Tristan Cannell, or potentially Chris, Tristan Karen in this situation here. Can Rich confirm if Seb Chris is the GOAT? She is an advanced champ. All right. I'll just give a couple of facts for old. Tristan Karen, and the week that Tristan brought him into his team and played him, great props, great move. He got him 50. But that was in round 19 when he paid, I think, 314,000 from memory. And in the four weeks since, he scored him 178 points. Had Tristan just not been so frugal and spent an extra uh, 90,000, would have got Karaz, 
who has earned 207 points in the same time and didn't cost him a trade, who he's now brought in late to the party, as always, Tristan. So unlucky, brah, but yeah, you're 30 points behind Karaz and you've burnt a trade. But yeah, no, Seb Chris is the greatest lemon ever. <laughs> Even better than Connolly Lemuelli. Yeah. And no, what have I got here? To be fair, I am going to say that... Um, for what TK needed at the time, he turned out perfect for him. Um, yeah. It's like people that picked up Cody Nicarima in about around six or around seven. Like, he was 240k, right? And he got Simbi in that first game against the Cowboys when the Dolphins won. But then Nicarima, he got to... I think he got to the 500s. Like, he made a stack of cash. And he played round 13. He was available around 14, and he got some you know, passable scores whenever you needed him. He's been just yeah, incredible. Like I mean, he's always had it in him to get a couple of big scores, but 260k cash, that's um, yeah, some cash I would have liked to have got this season. Second part of the customer feedback here, Rich. Uh, Todd Gerhardt, Rich recommended cheese last week, but he did pick I up one of Rich's advice as a cash out. <laughs> <laughs> So I obviously gave the Wong advice, and he got the white one. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I still stand oh. by Cheese because Cheese will average okay. Like he'll score good this week, and all will be forgiven. You just got him on a bad week, but yeah, glad he got on Wong. Uh, he looked really good, eh? So he just needs to get a bit of security. Yeah, with that, like. Egan Butcher, three HIAs in 18 months, which I think we've mentioned, I think Amateur's mentioned as well in their podcast this week. Like, there is not a unreasonable chance that he doesn't play again this year because the Roosters, you know, as they've shown with Luke Keary and Boyd Cordner before that, and Jake Friend as well, they're very, very cautious with concussions, particularly with mm-hmm. players that they see a lot of potential in. So he could end up playing the rest of the season. And it, maybe not even 80 minutes, but, you know, still off the bench, gets you a score and... If it gets you a score in round 27, we're all playing with 13 green dots. That's uh, that's money. Mm, for sure. Speaking of money, cardboard shoulders, Reed Money is the subject of our next question here from <laughs> Tahaya Mungu. And he wants to know, is Reed Money a good shout? Jake, what do you reckon with Kyle Flanagan in and around the mix? Is cardboard shoulders worth it? Dick. Nah, I don't. I don't think so at this stage of the year. I just I have a lot of PTSD from him. Even though the, I didn't even own him, it's just from purely Riley messing Jimmy about uh, uh, how many missed tackles uh, Marnie gets. And I, I remember one day we were at the cricket end of last season, uh, I think early season, and he was just saying missed tackle, missed tackle, missed tackle. So <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think I, I don't want to own money purely for that reason. Just uh, just demerits he. Gives away plenty of penalties too, errors, missed tackles, and yeah, nowhere near. I'd probably around that price range. I reckon Randall's not a bad shout. Um, he's back to hooker, so he might lose a little bit of his running game uh, since for, since he's been playing prop. Um, but I think he's probably pretty safe for some pretty big minutes. That Lemming doesn't look that great. Uh, the bloke from uh, uh, the Pom who's playing for Titans at the moment, and he he might play ten or twenty minutes for the bench. But I still think Randall's going to play big minutes. He's most of his uh, points come in tackles as well, so I don't mind him as a shout instead. Um, and you also get JMK as well, who seems he's back to playing 80 minutes twice, two weeks in a row. So um, they're probably the two options around that similar sort of price range um, for him there. To find similar, I've just had a look. Chris Randall's about 100k more expensive than Reed Marnie. Uh, okay, so you're <laughs> going to need a little bit more pri- a little bit more in the bank. I then. could make a case for um, Reed because. 
A, he's had limited minutes lately because he had that injury. So he hasn't played as much as he has. So he's had a little bit of a rest coming off a bye. Um, at the start of the season, when obviously he was fresh, in his first, um, yeah, I just think, and the, the pack's a lot stronger now too. So he doesn't have those little guys sort of not making tackles for him and him having to be the sole tackler. So when he's got a few bigger lads there, he's, he can flop a bit more rather than being the actual first hit man. Yes, I do recall that from the start of the season when I owned him. He did do that, but he did pump out some big scores. I think at South, he got like a 60, and he had a couple of try assists in there, and that's the thing I like about Reed is he's probably potentially overplayed his hand a little bit at nine this year, and I think that's made it really hard for Matt Burton, but I can still see him, yeah, popping out one or two big scores. So, right. Just another one to just touch on. Probably It probably would have been better to jump on a few weeks ago, but Aaron Clark as well. Um, he's still at 13 with Tino back in the side, but Mo's coming back next week after suspension, so probably a little bit of job security issues, but I think uh, Aaron Clark is probably another one around that price range. It might be worth a shout, but you'd have to bank on him keeping those 50 to 55 minutes up uh, once Mo returns as well. Yeah, which would only be for three weeks, so yeah, a couple of options there for you. Mm. So we'll go to friend of the show, coach of Booze Clues, current number one in NRL fantasy, Nigel Bowling. He's got a couple of comments here, which I think are worth addressing. So I made the comment at the start of the podcast in relation to having a bad start equaling bad finish. Nigel's obviously come forth and uh, probably from personal experience pointing out that bad start doesn't necessarily mean a bad finish, uh, which spot on. I'm not going to argue with someone who's uh, number one ranked, uh, but it's a great point that you can certainly uh, regenerate your season after a couple of slow weeks. I think Jamie Brown's another great example of that as well. He was, I want to say, outside the top 15,000 after maybe three or four rounds, and he's in the top 100. So it can be done, uh, but you've got to absolutely know your trades after that. But the more important part from Nigel here, he's got a question. How many seagulls would it take to down a panther? Rich, what do you reckon? Uh, well, they'll have 13 on the field, and that won't be enough. So <laughs> unless they can play their bench on the paddock, I think they're going to struggle tonight. <laughs> yes, but again, does this panther have a normal-sized panther chin, or does it have a Nathan Cleary-sized chin? Like, if these seagulls are coming onto the field and trying to take down the panther... And uh, try are to we kill talking it? actual animals? Animals, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Okay. Uh, is it even possible? Yeah, I guess because you'd probably just need two to pick out the eyes to start with. Yep. So you'd target the eyes, two to pick out the eyes, and then it'd be sort of disorientated, and then maybe just three or four to launch on the back and start just driving the thing mental, and it would, yeah, run off the cliff. There you go. There you go. Six so or four. seven. <laughs> four, okay. Do you four. think it's just four, Jake, or would you need more than that to, uh, uh, to take down a four? I'm thinking a few more. I think maybe about eight. I think four, the panther might be able to eat a few of them or bite a few of them off. Uh, I think you're going to need a few more of that. So maybe maybe eight, I reckon. But yeah, no, reckon the panther's pretty quick. Probably run away, hide in a hole somewhere. So could be a draw. Yeah, and it is a cat, so it's got nine lives. So you're probably going to lose quite a fair few seagulls in in that battle. You know, probably you know maybe thirty, forty of them going uh, to going to heaven before they eventually take over the panther. But uh, no, love that question, Nigel. Thank you very much for that. Ryan Ainsworth with our next question here, boys. Uh, one trade left. Does he play with 16 or does he trade Isaac Tongo to Gagai and run the Gortland? What do you reckon, Jake? 
Uh, I think this is another head-to-head overall question for me. If you overall, I, one trade left depends. I'm guessing he's got no cover, so uh, definitely head-to-head. You're trading. Um, I'd probably be tempted to pull the trigger as well. We still don't have a guaranteed return for Tago, do we? So he's still just lingering with injuries. So it could even turn out to be four weeks. So I guess yeah, I guess overall as well. You probably you probably are pulling that trigger, aren't you? Because, mm, yeah, no guarantee Tungo comes back next week or the week after. Mm, like, if Penrith absolutely. keep winning, we might not see him until round 27 when he's playing yeah. with the New South Wales Cup team. I'm, I'm not sure Jago is the best option, though, because he's had a few injury concerns. He said that uh, uh, turf toe or plenty of yes. eye, yep. facial or something. So he's had yep. feet problem, put it that way. So um, yeah, he might be spending more time at the podiatrist. So... He, I would look for a safer option, and I'd pull the trigger because it's fifty points. And importantly, you can't spell podiatrist without pod, and Dan Gagai is a pod, so pull the trigger, Ryan. Get him in your team. Well, I think mm. you had to think about that, and you're still thinking about that, Rich, which is uh, obviously yeah. great what podcast content for, for delay. Podiatrist or a podiatrist? No, it's definitely pod. Uh, I had to see one at the start of the year. So I, actually, it's one of the few words in the English language I actually know how to spell properly. Wayne Topo has got our next question. Hey, lads, thoughts on trading drink water? He wants to downgrade Chris and upgrade Drinky to Yo or Hass. So leave him with one trade and 260k in the bank. Now, with this, Jake, is that too much cash to leave in the bank with one trade left? Mm, I, don't, I don't think so. Because, well, Chris isn't going to be in his starting side anyway. Uh, so he's upgrading... Drink water to a Yo or a Haas. Um, unless you can get someone 260k cheaper than Yo, Yo or Haas, that will do the same job. Um, I'm not sure, top of my head, anyone who can sort of do the same sort of job a little bit cheaper. Um, but I don't, I don't mind that trade at all. Um, 260k in the bank's a lot, but you still have that one trade. So whoever, pretty much whoever your next injury is, um, you can pull the trigger on whoever whoever you want. Um, but if you can, if you can find someone... Uh, tough grade drink water too in one trade um, that's going to average somewhat similar to Haas maybe only five or six seven points less I think that could be a better option but without seeing his team I'm not too sure what those options are yeah and it comes down to the winger fullback center cover as well mm-hmm. because realistically you don't want to make any more trades after sending drink water out the door uh, I tossed up trading him a couple of weeks ago, which got brought up on the game plan with uh, TK and Brenton. That was just around the fact that he was priced well above what he should be in comparison to the Garricks, the Tedescos, the Gagais, the, the Manus of the world, but still got him. Go to Captain's Corner now. Shannon Tamati peterson has probably got the question a lot of us are thinking about. Cleary Hines or SJ Captain? He is torn between them. Now, Jake, do you want to break down the rationale for going for SJ? Yeah, I think SJ is, is purely the draw for him. Um, he's got a really easy draw for the rest of the season. I, any On any given week, he can turn up, um, as Rich is probably going to be uh, lining up a few more tequila shots for the rest of the season. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't mind him uh, Don't mind him at all. Um, but personally, I'm going to stick with Cleary. Um, I just think his floor's too uh, too high and his ceiling's just as high as any of the other three, uh, any of those other two as well. So personally... I'm going with Cleary, but if you want to spice up, I'd probably take the risk on SJ over Hines, just because SJ's got that lower floor this season as well. So if you need to take a punt, go SJ. Um, if not Cleary, and if you don't have Cleary or SJ, go Hines. 
Fantastic. Now, Rich Hines was the person you captained last week. Is he someone that you'd be willing to captain this week, or just SJ and Cleary just have too high a uh, you know, favourable matchup? Yeah, no, I'm back on Cleary this week. Um, it partially comes down, I've got a few head-to-heads on, and in the ones that I want to win, or in the main one I want to win, I feel I'm favourite. So I'm going to take the safe option and captain Cleary and force my opponent to go for the risk. Last week I thought I needed to take the risk, so I went for it. Um, yeah, I think it's the way he's listed them is probably the order. Interestingly enough, last night on Wacky Wednesday, Shooter said that oh, SJ might turn up and, and then said, but I checked the stats. SJ's never turned up, so he's due. So, yeah, he's had, he's had a few 90s, and the weather – last night, Shooter thought he was a weatherman and said it would be torrential rain. <laughs> confirm that it will be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did see mm. discussions about that and people looking at different uh, meteorological sites. So I think they're looking at – is it the stadium's based in – uh, East Hamilton, isn't it? As opposed to in the west, the south, or the north of Hamilton, because that was the supposed most accurate meteorological uh, desk yeah, in relation think, to the stadium. I think it'll be fine. So yeah, yeah, it'll be cold, but fine. Yeah, and yeah. So I, I'm sticking with Cleary now. For me, just playing a straight bat with the captaincy every week, and it was sort of the same reason I brought in Ruben Garrick this week. I look at Ruben Garrick's you know, last fixtures and go, I don't want to antipod those. It's the same with Cleary. I don't want to antipod him. Mate 80th, I'm only 50 point, oh, 45 points inside the top 1K. I'm 150 behind top 500, which is realistically I'm not going to catch. I'd rather just play it safe. Um, so unless you've got the risk appetite, I, yeah, if you've got, you got clear in for a reason, right, Rich? Like, you bought him into captain every week. Yeah. Yeah, and unless you can really make a great case for someone else, then, yeah, I just wouldn't do it. Playing first game as well, it's over and done with. Your rank gets that instant boost. Uh, you don't have to stress, you know, if you start hearing rumours. Oh, you know, I always remember the case where Cameron Smith pulled out with a back injury. You know, it was in Perth too, I remember the game clearly, and then just panicking because I couldn't remember who my vice captain was. So, but yeah, playing the Titans, it's a nice matchup as well. So, yeah, at Shark Park, yeah. Will be the only thing that I would be worried about with Hines. It doesn't really matter anyway because at the end of the day, Cleary's going to if Cleary scores eighty and Hines scores a hundred, you lose ten points. Is that right? Two hundred and twenty. Twenty. Twenty points. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's you've, right, I've, you've you've overthought that. Yeah. This is the, <laughs> yeah. Um, as long yeah, as man, you have. Selling, yeah. yeah. As long as you have all three of those players, I think as long as you stick the C on one of them, you're probably going to end up all right, uh, regardless of, you know, SJ outscored clearly by five last week. It's, you know, academic, really. All right, someone's left the caps lock on here, and that would be Bill Lerman. He has SJ, he has Moses, he has DCE, he has Hines, and he has Cleary. Who's he captaining? Who's he VCing? You've got a head-to-head semi. Jake, where are we going? Uh, I think we were touched. Pretty much Cleary for me. Play it safe, lock him in, he's going probably get a big score again, so lock on Cleary. You're going for your twin Mitch Moses? Absolutely not. So Mitch Moses is another one of those players that has, he's given me a lot of PTSD over the years. I know uh, Rowie, <laughs> one of the regular listeners of the show, he always seems to buy him at the start of the year, 
Um, and Moses always flies at the start of the year, and I, I jump on maybe five or six rounds later, and he just goes to absolute, absolute rubbish. He's done that the last two years for me. I, did, I haven't picked him up this year, luckily, uh, but he, he did the exact same thing again this year. Moses started off really well and then went to shit uh, mid-season, so uh, definitely no for Moses for me. Yeah, another one he seems to time the market well on him is Corby. I think he had him at the start of last year, and you know, obviously Moses went off like a frog in the sock in the first six rounds, and I think he sold him for like 110k above whatever he started at. Mm. So maybe that's one for the Black Book next year, boys. We we start with Moses, and then he has one bad so, score. Just get rid, take your, take your profit, and move elsewhere. All right. Pieri Orang to corner. He's got a question for us in relation to the best person to loop this week. He's got DCE, he's got Liam Martin, he's got Tanner Boyd. Rich, surely DCE straighten the team with a VC on because he plays the first game, right? Yeah, I don't know why he wouldn't be doing that. And then, um, yeah, just loop between Liam Martin and Tanner Boyd. Again, you make sure you've got Liam Martin up there first, got your looping above him, and then if you're not happy with Liam Martin's score, you switch Tanner Boyd in the looper. Yeah, exactly. And just another thing as well on the looping, something like, I don't know if we've pointed this out on Talking League before, but sometimes with the Thursday and the Friday night games, they don't update correctly. And what we mean by that is you'll see on NRL.com oh. in the NRL app that the stats will update there. And 40 stats, they'll actually pick those up from NRL.com and update them as well, but they won't show in the NRL Fantasy app. And sometimes that difference can be massive. Like, for example, I think Dan Russell went up 11 points last week, which if you're looping him, 47, you might go, oh, I don't know, I'll keep the other player. 58, you're taking that every day of the week. And there's another mm-hmm. one as well, like Nicara as well. Was he like 38 and ended up on 50? Cam Munster, 36, ended on 46. Yeah. So Yeah, I got dotted early in the season where... Same thing, and I hadn't clicked that there were two different scores, and I didn't know which one was going to be correct. And so I actually made a trade to bring somebody in, and it it went ugly fast. And I just remember going, if I had held that player with the extra eight points or ten points, whatever it was, I would have been comfortable. But, yeah, it was really sort of frustrating. So keep an eye on that. Yep, and another thing with the NRL app as well, sometimes it'll round up the metres gained or the kick metres up to the next point. So if you see the NRL app score two, three above what it is in the NRL Fantasy website or the NRL Fantasy app, it might actually be correct. It might just be those accidental roundups that sometimes sometimes occur there on the NRL app. Last question for the night from Jackson Benstead. He's got three trades left with plenty of cover ever except hooker. He's looking at upgrading Harris to Tinofa Asumalau, who's option one. We're going Harris to Yo and Nikara, who's his 18th player, and we'll still have cover to Randall as option two. Thoughts? Oh, I really like these options here, Rich. Uh, what do you reckon? I think these sort of self answers his question by saying, I have plenty of cover everywhere except Hooker. And so for me, I would be getting Randall in because you don't want to run out of trades and then get an injured Harry Grant. Um, so having that backup hooker and Randall would be very tasty. Um, so, yeah, it's probably where I'm going to go. The risk with going Harris to Yo is Yo. yeah, I'm still wary that most of the Panthers are going to get a rest by season's end somewhere. And with that as well, it would depend on Jackson's team if he's got maybe one, two para-relevant players. So, like, if you've got Brendan Hands at the bottom of your roster, then so be it. But if you've got, say, Panasini and Hopgood in your team, it's 
going to be pretty dicey in round 27 with, what, one trade left. Yeah. So, yeah. Feel free to pull trigger on those, Jackson, but just be careful with Yo, because I feel like the Panthers are going to start phasing some restings in, but Nathan Cleary is going to play every round for the rest of the season. Touch wood. That'll wrap us up for the live Q&A for round 24. Thank you very much for joining us and leaving your comments in there. Of course, any questions, fire them through to the DMs on Instagram and Facebook. We'll try and get to them as quickly as possible. But uh, a bit of wisdom from our analysts here before we leave. I'll start with you, Jake. Uh, what are your words of wisdom for the coaches leading into round 24? Uh, probably don't trade green dots uh, just because. So um, I'm holding all my green dots. and The only players I'm trading at the moment with two trades left is red dots. So... Keep your green dots, and there will be injuries to come in the next few weeks. So it happens every single year. So just bank on one or two injuries at minimum coming through to your team. Yep. Traffic-like theory. Love it. Rich, what do you get to say for the coaches before we leave them for round 24? Yeah, if, you're, if you've joined the no-trade gang, uh, it can get a bit lonely. <laughs> and so games like buy, sell, and hold are no longer valid. So I've got a new game. It's called... Hold, hold, and voodoo. And so you pick a player from your opponent's team and you voodoo them and just wish injuries on them, that they drop balls, and uh, when it comes off, oh, it's such a great game. So, yeah. <laughs> you must have been enjoying it when Zach Lomax started clutching his shoulder on the Sunday, the 2 o'clock game. You would have been like, oh, he's one of the 11, 11 coaches in the top thousand that's got Zach Lomax and he's going to suffer. Uh, but that's... Uh, yeah. that, Basically, do us. Damo Lenahan, uh, Pat's best mate, he's asking your captains. We're all going Cleary. Uh, I think most coaches are going to go Cleary this week, and if you're looking to just stabilise, stick with Cleary. But that'll do it for the live Q&A. I will actually be stepping in on Sunday for the playbook with Brenton. TK will be down in Melbourne. He was going to be watching his uh, best lemon in Sebastian Crisp, but unfortunately he won't be available with his hamstring injury. But have fun down in Victoria, TK. That'll do us for the live Q&A for round 24 here at Talking League. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next.